Roger, X-Men Control, ready to taxi. X-Men Caravan, clear for takeoff. This plane just took off on its own. Don't have to do a thing. There's a pilot in the cockpit, but everything on this Cessna Grand Caravan is automated. X-Wing, a startup in the Bay Area, took CNBC up for a test flight, where the pilot didn't touch the controls once. So X-Wing is a technology startup that develops technology to automate aircraft. Over the past 100 years, the technology inside airplanes has become more and more advanced, from jumbo jets to smaller Cessnas. Most of the flying happening today has a high level of automation, but pilots are still doing a lot of work. On commercial flights, for example, pilots are telling the autopilot what to do. You don't just set it and forget it. But some see the next step to full automation as removing the pilot completely. Reliable Robotics is another Bay Area startup working on doing just that. We started Reliable Robotics to create a new type of airline, an airline where instead of having pilots in a cockpit, you have pilots in a control center. Rose previously worked directly with Elon Musk on Tesla's first version of Autopilot. We're definitely going to see autonomous aircraft well before autonomous driving at at scale. Driving has a a huge number of technical challenges as well as regulatory challenges, whereas with aviation it's a much more tractable technical problem and you have a regulatory environment that is ready to go. Boeing recently demonstrated a successful autonomous flight of its loyal wingman fighter jet. An Airbus recently performed fully autonomous test flights on one of its larger commercial aircraft. The technology is here. We wanted to explore how it works and when pilotless planes will become the norm. Before we look at what's happening today, let's take a quick look back at how we got here. In 1903, the Wright brothers took their first powered flight. And a few short years later, the first iteration of autopilot was created. Lawrence Sperry's gyro stabilizer helped automatically balance the plane so the pilot wouldn't have to. Fast forward to the 1950s and the rise of commercial aviation. At the time, five people were needed in the cockpit to fly the plane. Two pilots, a flight engineer, a radio operator, and a navigator. That number decreased over the next few decades. In the late 70s and early 80s, we went from three crew to two crew. The level of automation today, of course, is much greater in terms of what the workload of that crew actually looks like. One of the first digital autopilot systems was used in the lunar module that landed Apollo astronauts on the moon, although Neil Armstrong had to turn it off to land in a safer area on the moon's surface. Then in the 70s, NASA introduced digital fly-by-wire systems. The fly-by-wire is basically utilizing electronics rather than cables and pulleys, so to speak, to uh, manipulate flight controls, it's practically instantaneous, as it has to be. The F-16 fighter jet was the first mass production fly-by-wire jet, and that was a major breakthrough, and it is now inconceivable that a jetliner would be designed without fly-by-wire flight controls. Autopilot evolved into higher levels of automation. The military has flown remotely operated drones since World War II, and has continued to improve the technology. But these military drones are not built to fly people, and often require video streams for remote operators to fly them. One reason the military has continued to work on this is for safety. The constant adjustments a computer makes versus a human ensures for a much smoother and safer ride. 2017 was the safest year in aviation worldwide on record. In the U.S., there has not been a fatal crash since 2009. Here's how reliable robotics and X-Wing's technology works. Both companies have developed software that allows them to remotely operate the plane from the ground if anything were to go wrong. 
There's no joystick. You're not remotely sticking the plane. With our system, we give the remote pilot essentially an interface that lets them specify all of this information, load it all into the system, and then press execute. And then that is then transferred through a SATCOM link up to the aircraft. You can make an aircraft autonomous. That aircraft still needs to communicate to, the, to a human. That, that human is the air traffic controller. Those operators don't fly the aircraft. Initially, they're going to be pilots because they need to know how to communicate with air traffic control and how these aircraft integrate in the airspace. But they don't need to know how to fly or land or take off. That's done entirely by our system. Reliable Robotics already did a test flight without anyone in the aircraft. And we got to go up with X-Wing on one of its test flights. Auto takeoff initiated. The remote operator initiated our takeoff, and off we went. Your instincts want to grab the yoke? Pretty awesome. Very alarming. First time it was landing <laughs> itself. Even though the plane is flying on its own, a safety pilot must still be on board. So what we've done here is every time a pilot is involved in interacting with the aircraft, we've automated that interaction, whether it be the throttles, the brakes, the control surfaces. So we just got back from a fully autonomous flight with X-Wing, and my first impressions are that it was pretty normal. The controls and the yoke were moving around by themselves, but besides that, it felt like a normal flight. You know, I was a little anxious going into this knowing the pilot wasn't going to actually do anything, but overall, it, it wasn't scary at all. The planes are rigged with cameras, LiDAR, and software, among a few things that can identify other aircraft and detect potential issues. Rather than build a new plane, both companies converted a Cessna Grand Caravan. It's a lot easier and quicker to start with a tried-and-true platform and make modifications to it to convert it into an unmanned aircraft than it is to start from scratch. You can already make all the assumptions around the airplane's airworthiness, it has a track record of safety, and we can really focus with the regulator on what modifications were made to the aircraft to convert it into an unmanned aircraft. There obviously is a lot of energy right now going into electric vertical takeoff and landing, urban air mobility, advanced air mobilities, but those aircraft have a ways to go and they have their own technical problems that need to be overcome. When we started the company, we decided that solving the, the regulatory challenges was what was going to be our, our unique differentiator. And you don't need to invent a new type of aircraft to solve the regulatory challenges related to autonomous operations. I think a great deal has to do with where these systems are being operated and less about the systems themselves. If we're talking about operations over long, rural, relatively uninhabited regions, you know, that's going to be a lot easier than vertical operations in urban areas. So when you see systems proven, it's probably going to be more in that rural setting rather than in something urban. Both companies are not able to operate its pilotless planes commercially yet because they're still working on getting approval from the Federal Aviation Administration. The nice thing about the FAA is that it does provide some flexibility for you to be able to design a system to get to those levels of safety and still fly it uh, as you're designing it. This used to be a type certified aircraft or a commercial aircraft that we downgraded to an experimental aircraft so that we could do a lot of flight tests with it without needing to demonstrate that level of safety prior to doing some of those flight tests. We gave the FAA a very thorough rundown of every aspect of our system and how we intended not only to develop it, but also operate it, and then show through tests and analysis that it would be safe to do so. Similar to self-driving cars, self-flying planes will also need lots of data. We've been flying commercially with piloted aircraft on the cargo side for some of the larger logistics companies. 
since December of last year. This allows us to collect data along commercial routes at scale that feeds into the training of algorithms, but also the certification program. Data helps algorithms learn how to deal with all situations, including emergency landings. One of the problems that you need to solve in automating an aircraft through all phases of flight is you need to look at what could possibly go wrong in each phase. And you have to methodically break down all of these potential failures and develop a mitigation for every single one of those failures. One advantage of an automated aircraft system is it can recognize anomalous behavior much faster than an onboard human might recognize and then respond to it much faster. So if you have, for example, an engine failure, we can trip an alarm immediately and then begin executing an emergency response procedure. So the aircraft will immediately get into a most desirable or safe configuration, notify the remote pilot who then in turn can notify air traffic control, and then the remote pilot can help guide the aircraft towards a desired emergency landing location. Both companies aim to bring autonomous planes to the air cargo industry first. The global air cargo market is expected to grow from $56.48 billion in 2020 to $99.67 billion in 2025. Both plan to first fly cargo to remote areas in smaller planes. Cargo stands out as the biggest opportunity space, specifically small cargo planes. These planes tend to serve communities that without air wouldn't be served otherwise. And for these types of groups, we can serve them at a lower cost and higher frequency than what they'd enjoy today. Reliable Robotics is testing with a FedEx-owned prototype. FedEx, UPS, DHL, etc., have actually been looking at automating these planes for quite a long time, and they've been looking for solutions. An aircraft like the Cessna Caravan is, by the numbers, the world's most popular cargo plane. FedEx operates over 230 of these in the U.S. alone. UPS, through a bunch of partner companies, has several hundred themselves as well. Rose, who is also a pilot, worked at SpaceX before he worked on Tesla's autopilot. I previously had automated, fully autonomous spacecraft that went to the ISS at SpaceX. We could go to the International Space Station with no human intervention. I'd worked on self-driving cars at Tesla that could go 70 miles an hour down to 280, thinking, why hasn't anybody yet done this in aviation? Clearly, we possess the technology. Why can't regular people experience automated flight? And the simple answer is, it's really the regulatory environment is not there yet. Though the companies are starting with cargo, the long-term plan is to carry passengers as well. There's currently about 30 airports that make up 70% of air travel. We're going to see smaller aircraft flying at higher frequencies out of more municipal regional airports. We actually have 5,000 airports in the U.S. available for public use today. But in order to use those, you either need to be a private pilot or you need to be exceptionally wealthy. And what automation will enable you to do is by lowering the cost of getting into air travel, we'll be able to build systems that work much like an on-demand ground transportation system like an Uber or a Lyft. This technology has the potential to open up a brand new market and significantly scale, you know, grow that market. Neither company knows when they will get approval, but both are optimistic it will be in the next few years. But when will we see commercial flights without a pilot? Though autopilot is very advanced, commercial flights still require two pilots in the cockpit. The level in, in, in automation in commercial aircraft, even in, uh, in corporate aircraft, is highly sophisticated. We can program the airplane to take off and, and especially to land all by itself. 
we need to put the gear down and we need to put the flaps down. And that's essentially all the pilot really has to do if it's programmed appropriately. Airbus has conducted fully autonomous flight tests on its A350, which is a lot larger than the Cessna's X-Wing and Reliable Robotics are testing. The wide-body jet achieved autonomous taxiing, takeoff, and landing. Boeing has a number of defense platforms that are autonomous, and publicly stated it's looking into pilotless aircraft. Safety is a big reason as to why. In the 1960s, the world's airline fleet had a rate of 27.2 accidents per 1 million departures. Today, with the current generation of aircraft, the rate is 1.5 accidents per 1 million departures. There are situations um, where an autopilot is better than, than actually flying the airplane itself. There are certain weather requirements that require us to use the autopilot uh, in, in certain situations. Visibility down to a certain level and a certain approach requires that we do use an autopilot. While rare, 80% of all aviation accidents are caused by humans. That figure includes pilots, air traffic controllers, and mechanics. But the misunderstanding of automation has been implicated in accidents. For example, the 2009 Air France flight that crashed into the Atlantic Ocean on its way to Paris, investigators concluded that autopilot had turned itself off, and the pilots weren't able to take manual control over the plane. More recently, the flight control software of the two 737 MAX planes that crashed in 2018 and 2019 were cited as one of the reasons for the accident, after it received wrong data from a sensor. There was an engineering problem. There was a design problem that the pilots themselves couldn't handle, and, and the automation wouldn't have done it because it was the automation that was the problem in the first place. So there's a lot of philosophical sort of discussions we should be having before mm -hmm. we continue with, you know, the idea of completely pilotless airplanes. But what about the pilots who fly these planes? Will robots be taking their jobs? X-Wings Piet says these are jobs that pilots don't want. So for pilots, this is probably the least sexy job out there, flying small cargo aircraft. And that's reflected in, uh, in the numbers, right? I mean, retention rates are very low in this industry. It's very hard to keep pilots. Typically, they fly on these aircraft to accumulate enough hours to just move up market and get jobs flying business jets or commercial airliners. Yeah, we, we would prefer to fly longer legs because it's less stress. Um, you know, on our bodies and our lifestyles. But, um, you know, it's just it, it's just part of the profession, flying shorter legs. So I don't know if we'd necessarily want to give that up and say, hey, you know what, we're done with this. We'll, we'll hand this off to a, a computer. If something goes wrong with that airplane, that could be a danger to pilot airplanes in the sky as well. Analysts predict pilot shortages are becoming a problem, sped up in part by the pandemic. One analysis sees a shortage of 34,000 pilots by 2025, almost 10% of the workforce. Airbus expects the global fleet to grow by over 38,000 by 2038. It calculated a need of over half a million pilots to fly them. Some people would call it an impending pilot shortage. Others would say that the pilot shortage is real. It's actually here. That's applying a lot of pressure on the industry with increases in demand in e-commerce and other forms of travel. People are demanding much more flexibility in the operations of their aircraft. But pilots are typically trained to just fly one type of plane at a time. You fly that type of plane for some period of time, you train on a new type, and then you fly that type. The cargo operators, however, would like the ability to fly a small plane one day and then switch to a larger aircraft the next day. But they can't do that, because now you would need to have, say, double or triple the number of pilots on staff. 
Automated aircraft enable us to dynamically upgauge and downgauge aircraft to select a larger vehicle or a smaller vehicle based on the need. Also allows us to geographically reposition aircraft based on needs. Do you ever see a future where we don't need pilots anymore? I'm definitely not going to say no. Um, you know, uh, there's a uh, increasing level of automation that's taking place across various industries, and that's changing the nature of jobs in general. This is no different. The economic needs uh, that are out there for regional transportation are enormous, and right now they're unfulfilled uh, using existing modes of transportation. And if we need to rely on pilots to fill that gap, we're going to need an exponentially larger number of pilots over the next uh, decade and a half. But one former pilot remains skeptical. Would I ever fly in a pilot with airplane? Uh, no, absolutely not. The future of aviation has so many possibilities, from electric planes to air taxis and pilotless planes, all of which is building on technological advancements that have been made since flight was invented. NASA has been flying unmanned spacecraft for decades. Today, the SpaceX Crew Dragon is fully autonomous, but can also be controlled manually if needed. The expectation of reliability in the aviation domain is orders of magnitude higher than what you see in space. It's quite a bit different. In aviation, you're talking about a system that is going to be used by millions, probably billions of people, and you're operating over, over the heads of everyone else. When the FAA does finally approve pilotless planes, the next hurdle will be convincing the public that it's safe. Although a 2019 survey did show that 7 out of 10 people would fly in a plane with no pilot. It'll happen with cargo planes before it happens with passenger planes. But that's almost certainly coming within the next 15 to 20 years. You know, a lot of it's just going to come down to the level of encryption that can be provided from ground-based backup systems. You know, absolutely foolproof anywhere in the world. Guaranteed intervention via remote data. When that day comes, then maybe it'll be considered and will happen within a few years, but realistically not before. Although some smaller planes only require one pilot, two are required on large passenger and cargo planes due to aircraft certification and FAA regulations. The next step may be a single pilot cockpit. According to one estimate, single pilot operations could save airlines as much as $60 billion annually in operational costs and up to $110 billion for fully autonomous flight. It's going to take a long time to get to that day. Part of it is uh, going to be regulatory. Part of it is going to be psychological. Part of it is going to be insurance. I think it's conceivable, but it's a very, very, very long way off. We're talking something that's probably 40, 50 years away at best. Let's go back to the Hudson River. You know, think about that. I mean, the innovation and the cockpit resource management that was involved with those two pilots, and they still fault themselves for things that they did wrong, that they felt they could have done better. But it was brought down by a, a well-experienced, well-seasoned flight crew. Though there are skeptics, on our approach in the X-Wing plane, the computer kept us on a perfect glide path to the runway. <laughs>